Eagle Nation. You're listening to Gotta Talk, a podcast dedicated to all things Georgia Southern football. Now, here's your hosts, Matt Monty and Cody Anderson. Well, Cody, in front of, uh, I guess not a sellout crowd, but in front of 20,000 plus um, in Paulson Stadium last Saturday, um, a, a good portion of which, maybe even half, um, were from, from the uh, the visiting team. But uh, Georgia Southern loses that game um, to a uh, top 15 uh, ranked uh, BYU Cougars, um, 34 to 17, uh, to fall to three and eight overall, two and four um, in, in some conference play. Um, you know, this, you know, this game, Cody, it was, it was a game, right? It was a game in the yeah. first half. It, yeah. it, it was, I think it surprised a lot of people, obviously big storyline there. Um, uh, redshirt freshman, uh, quarterback, Connor Solgeski, uh, gets the start, um, with, Apparently, Tom, Tomlin injured. We knew Cam Ransom was injured um, from the previous week, um, and and yeah, so you know we weren't we weren't sure if if Cam was going to be ready to go. We find out you know minutes before you know kickoff that Connor's going to get uh, get the start there um, first start uh, since uh, since high school. Um, <laughs> unlike what Big Frank I think uh, mistweeted out um, saying it was 1999 since his last start. But um, but yeah, I mean you know first college start against you know again a top 15 team and held his own um, looked looked really good and uh, and yeah hung with him um, you know taking the lead at one point uh, then you know just going down by by three at half um, unfortunately you know will started to fall off there in the second half um, you know two turnovers uh, both interceptions <clears throat> led to uh, to scores there in the second half and they pulled away uh, to win at 34 17 but de- pr- proud of the effort. Yeah, no, I mean they they definitely came out uh, fist swinging. You know, they they came out trying to win the game um, against a team that had really outsized, overmatched them in just about all aspects of the game. And then to throw on top of that, a young man that has never started a college football game and hasn't seen any playing time at all this year. Um, you know, you really kind of <laughs> when you heard the news that it was going to be Connor to to play quarterback, you kind of was like. I don't know about this one now. Like it's gonna be, it may be ugly quick, but I mean, heck of a performance. Uh, kid came in there and showed no fear. Um, came in there acting like he was gonna win the game. Led the offense like he had a purpose and that he was gonna win the game. I mean, it was it was great to see. Um, I I really cannot be angry at what I saw on the field on Saturday. I thought it was I thought it was a really a great performance and great effort for these players and really a, a good way to kind of send these seniors out, unfortunately not with the W that they wanted, but they didn't lay down and quit either, which is, you know, you know, which is, which is great to see in a, in a real set an example for the younger kids who are still here. that will be here next year that, you know, regardless of what you're going through, regardless of how the season's going, no matter what you show up every day, you work hard and you go out there and you put that on the best performance and, and, and best play that you can. But I don't know. I, I'm not mad at this game. Um, on to app. Um, it's hate week, and yeah. I don't know. I like Connor really impressed me. Um, does that mean I think he should be starting? You know, going forward. No, I want to see this competition roll out and see who Helton brings in and all that. Ba- and all that. But I can't. I think. I think this kid. I want him to stay. Him and Cam. I definitely want him to stay. Um, and see who else maybe Helton can bring in going into next year because he really impressed me a lot out there on the field. 
I agree. Yeah. I mean, you definitely um, are excited about the future, you know, even if that means that, you know, Connor is, is a backup to Cam next year or even a third string. I mean, you've got then, you know, like you said, as long as he's as long as he can stay put um, and, you know, is, is happy in, in that role and possibly gaining more. Right. Um you would love to have a third string or even second string quarterback that, you know, you can throw out there and have a performance like he did Mm -hmm. um, against, you know, a a top 25 team. Um, And, and yeah, I mean, so, so yeah, he was uh, 11 for 1,422 yards, did have an interception, also rushed uh, for eight carries uh, for 20 yards, Um, you know, stepped up in the pocket, looked comfortable, um, you know, didn't really have that happy feet that you might expect with a freshman. Um, same thing really with Cam, right, that we've seen earlier this year, uh, played kind of beyond his years. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think he, he certainly looked the part, and I think that's going to make for an exciting um, quarterback competition uh, between him and, and Cam and, um, and whoever Helton brings in yeah. next year, um, which, you know, I, I think that, we will probably bring in at least one quarterback, whether it be from the transfer portal or um, from recruiting, um, probably two. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's great to have that problem, right? It it's is. great to have a lot of a lot of talent there. So um, <clears throat> yeah, that was promising. I mean, um, and you've real got, quick before we yeah. get off of him, I think we have to address. A lot of people were kind of mad or questioning why he hasn't been playing earlier in the year, uh, and that's because he had a shoulder injury that has kept him out most of the year. So this yeah, so been he the- started. He started the spring game. Yeah, if you if you, re- if you remember back, yeah, and he looked very good in that spring game, and because um, you know Tomlin, uh, I guess he he played. I think in the spring game, he did. but he did. Um, we knew uh, you know at that point we didn't know that Tomlin was going to miss the first two games of the season. Maybe the coaching staff did, right? Um, and but yeah, I mean uh, Connor looked really good there. He looked good in uh, the scrimmages. Um, and, and yeah, unfortunately he had that injury, um, yeah, which sidelined him for most of the year. And I know, I think he had an injury last year as well. So hopefully he can stay healthy. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that's why, that's why, you know, you yeah. haven't seen him platooning with, with Cam or, or even with Tomlin, um, up until this point. Yeah, no. So that, yeah, just, I know that a lot of people are mad, but no, he's been out for most of the year injured and, you know, he looked, I mean, health wise, he took several shots, um, yeah. And he got up and he looked he looked great. I mean, he really I don't, I'm, I'm, I was very impressed with him, to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, you know, we put together, uh, you know, only 268 yards of, of total offense, 122 uh, passing from uh from Connor, like I said, and then um, you also saw Amari Jones at quarterback rotating in um, again. You know he it's, he's a running back, hasn't played um, quarterback since high school um, up until you know earlier this year with with Tom, Tomlin being out and rotating in with Cam um, getting that start in the first game of the season. Um, but you know what what were your thoughts on that, Cody? Because I know a lot of people were talking. And, you know he he looked good when we were in, kind of change of pace, do some wildcat stuff. Um, unfortunately, did throw that interception. Amari Jones did. Um, that was kind of the turning point in the game, um, in, in my opinion. But uh, what were kind of your thoughts on platooning them? No, I, don't, I mean, it's not just your opinion. It's mine, too. That was that kind of swung the game for us. But, no, I, as far as your question is as to platooning him in and switching him in and out at quarterback and slot or running back, I thought it was great. I, I like the... I like the imaginative play calling that we had. I like the creativeness that we had on offense this week. It was... All right, we're not going to be just simple dive, dive, pitch or dive, dive, pass and, and 
the, you know, just plain Jane offense. It looked like there was some creativity that went involved into the play, uh, play calling and planning for this game. And yes, did the execution not work out like we wanted to with that interception? Of course, but at least it showed that we were trying, that we weren't just kind of coasting out the rest of this year. And, you know, sometimes when you take these gutsy calls, the, the execution doesn't work out like you planned. Hopefully, you know, when it does, it doesn't turn into an interception. You just hope that it's an incomplete pass and you move on to the next play. But unfortunately, that's what happened. Uh, it did swing the momentum of the game. It led them to go right down and I think put them up by 10 points. I think at that point, 27-17, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but I'm not I'm not mad with what Doug Ruse and Coach Whitley were trying to do there. Obviously, we hope that it would have worked out better, but it didn't, and that's you know something that's just football. It, the execution just did not happen. It was just a, a pass to the wrong side of the, of the body. Um, Logan Wright didn't have a chance to catch it, and that is what it is. Uh, you know, I can't say much more than that. Outside that, I think switching them in and out was great. It's, it clearly showed that BYU had to think out there, and when you have the defense thinking, it gives you an advantage. And it almost almost led us to a victory. Yeah, and Logan Wright, you know, a senior, obviously, um, big day. Right, uh, fourteen carries, fifty yards, but also was uh, Connor's favorite target with five receptions, forty three yards. Um, he also had two uh, t- uh, rushing touchdowns. So, um, you know, great kind of Paulson Stadium uh, send off, right, uh, for him. Yeah. Um, and then um, with. Yeah, I mean, you know, onside kick, right? We do the onside kick, terrible call, right, on the, on the reversal, yeah, that saying was, that, that the, the guy stepped out. Luckily, you know, we get the turnover, we or get the uh, fourth down um, stop, right, and, and get the ball right back. Um, so, yeah, but, I mean, again, going back to being imaginative, going back to taking risks, kind of going all in, um, I think we saw that really for the first time at least consistently throughout the game, right, um, since uh, since the, the change, uh, you know, a, a head coach um, from Lunsford to Whitley, you know, really just kind of pulling out all the stops, right, um, going for broke, which uh, you got to do against a team where you're, you're outmatched, right, talent-wise, mm-hmm. size-wise um, <clears throat> in BYU, and it's going to be the same thing up here, you know, up in Boone um, this Saturday. So hopefully we kind of continue that, um, kind of extra spark and tenacity and just kind of pulling out all the stops, doing some trick plays, taking some rest to see what we can, uh, you know, come up with. Yeah, we definitely have to do that next weekend's out. Like, like continue this. Just don't say, oh, man, we lost BYU. We lost this. This our last home game. Senior go night. back to dive plays. Yeah, yeah, go back to just coasting it out. It's the last game, whatever. No, man, let's keep this. Let's keep this intensity. Let's keep this. Let's keep this uh, uh, gutsiness. Um, into app and see if it doesn't work up there on the rock and and, and see if we can't somehow pull off a miracle up there. Because uh, honestly, if, if we want to seriously win this game, we're going to have to, like you just said, pull out all the stops, whatever, go back to the deepest play you got in the, in the, in the playbook and pull it out and see, see if you can strike gold. Yeah, for sure. So um, I guess wrapping up BYU, you know, uh, obviously, like I said, they, they bring – probably over close to 10,000, maybe even over. Um, hard to obviously um, know for sure what the ratio is other than just the eye test and what you know people kind of speculate and um, estimate there. But um, we know, you know, over 20,000 total attendance. We knew they were going to come out. We know they travel well, um, take up that whole like – 
first uh, for our uh, second deck there, right above the student section, um, as well as the um, the visitor side, where we're uh, you know the corner where people uh, the visiting team normally is. But yeah, I mean, it was it was a good environment, right? I mean, mm-hmm. probably best environment of the year. Um, certainly with senior night going on, um, I think the players uh, were energized. But also BYU was was hyped for the game, right? It was an important one for them as they have kind of New Year Six hopes, right? Um, and and maintain that top uh, fifteen ranking. Hopefully, you know, trying to break into the top ten. Um, they get USC, uh, you know, this week. Um, so. And Hopefully then, no uh, flying course, burritos out in Los Angeles. Yeah, and then so so yeah, so that's 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 the thing. So right, <laughs> I mean, n- not too much information on it, right? But you know, we hear kind of mixed reports of of um, what's going on there with with Burrito Gate, right? I don't even know if it was more than one, or or if it was just like one fan that threw a burrito that almost hit a BYU player. But that's anyway, an that's arm basically now with the burrito. Like it if is. That's a soggy burrito. I don't know if it's right. going that far, but if it's a firm burrito, it could maybe possibly. Like, do you get... order? Do you order ahead? I mean, you you keep it in the foil, right? I would think, right? Because if it it's it's going to go everywhere. If it's it if it's far. half eaten, it's going everywhere, right? Yeah. So you gotta you gotta keep it like a like a brick and for aerodynamics right? too, right? For aerodynamics and and you gotta have like substance in it too, right? So like yeah, we're not talking probably like weight. beans, right? Yeah, we're not talking beans. We're that's a steak burrito, meat. right? Yeah, yeah. Meat. that that's that's a double steak burrito there with with like black beans in it. You know, that's that's got some girth. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so apparently this burrito flies. It, it comes close to it. It could be like you player. Um, Cody, you and I, we certainly did our fair share of stupid things when we were in college. And, uh, you know, we certainly won't ever list or repeat them because this is a family podcast. Um, but, you know, I don't ever remember throwing a burrito. Um, no, at, no uh, they didn't at, at, at a stadium game. on that they, time. They did it. Yeah, I wish they did, but they did it. I think that's been the most eye-opening thing about this whole experience is people like, well, they sell burritos in Paulson Stadium now? Yeah. Yes, they do. Best advertising for... <laughs> yes. <laughs> free advertising so churros uh, is just getting the yeah, so best churros, pl- yeah. publicity down here which i've uh, never had i've never had but they're like chipotle you've obviously yeah. been a, same kind of same concept yeah yeah, yeah. really good all that, i yeah. like them we go yeah, there quite i've often. seen the billboards uh off of 16 and stuff uh, even all the way back when we were in college because there was like there's one somewhere in middle georgia dublin um but uh, in Dublin, okay, and and yeah, I never stopped or tried it, and and yeah, I've been long gone since uh, since they built one in, in Statesboro. So, um, but yeah, I mean, anyway, so just kind of a funny caveat. Obviously, we don't condone that behavior, right? I mean, we we don't we want to be known as as a good fan base. Um, you know, we're going up to one here in, in Boone that doesn't have a good reputation, right? Made headlines earlier this year when they played Marshall. Right. They throw of field goal throwing, through throwing, w- right? They do that, but when they hosted Marshall earlier this year, um, nationally televised midweek game, right? Um, there was uh, Kurt Herbstreet, right? Uh, tweeted out a long thing afterwards of of just uh, the Boone fans. I guess they were, you know, throwing beer and like spitting on players and doing Same, all this very, stuff for Marshall. Very unkind things to the Marshall very, players. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yes. Yeah. So, as you know, as Eric says, do right. Right. I mean, I know we probably don't have a ton of students that listen to this. And I think that that did come from the student section. And I get it. Again, we were students. We certainly weren't angels. But like, do right. Don't you know, don't do that. I will. I'll wrap all this up with um, I don't have I think it was over like. 12,000 
pounds or something of food that the BYU did you see that Cody yeah they um, they came down and did of, yeah uh, to yeah, the food work. bank and yeah like several charities in Bullock County and Statesboro uh, they have their big tailgate and yeah like twelve thousand pounds maybe even fifteen thousand pounds of food um, that they that they raised and and, and donated. Um, which is awesome. That you know, is that's awesome. awesome. That so that's awesome. something to strive to be when we, you know, because of course we are known for traveling well um, to bowl games and to <clears throat> away games. So, um, yeah, just you know, keep that in mind, right? Of when you go and visit <clears throat> these other cities, um, be on good behavior, represent the school well, <laughs> um, and and give Stop back if, if you can. Give back. Yeah, don't don't, don't, don't throw burritos. No. Donate donate canned goods instead. Right. Yeah. So don't um, throw the burrito. Eat it. That should be the mantra. Right. That's the probably year. like a twelve dollar burrito, right? Pro- I mean, that's I mean, it's, it's that's not, coming it's from the student. Cheap. It's not cheap. Yeah. I mean, and do they think they use what was it? Was it called Eagle Express? They they use their Eagle Express to buy that burrito. I don't think you can do that at the at the game. Oh surely. man, probably not. I don't even know if they have Eagle Express now. It could be called something else. Yeah, it'd be called something else. I'm sure all. I'm sure all the uh, Landrum. Landrum's not even around anymore, right? Is it? I don't. mm, They have something there. I don't know if it's called Landrum, but they have done. They have redone the whole. Yeah, uh, it's not the buffet anymore. I remember the buffet and the wing night or Wednesday night wing night. Yeah. Yeah. You see the football. You used to see the football players in there with just like four plates of wings. <laughs> um, but uh, right, you remember that? Yeah, um, yeah. So and then the pickle barrel and and whatever the the uh, sit down restaurant was in Russell. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we're going down memory lane here, but um, yeah. So anyway, basically tying a bow on on BYU game. Um, I think good overall. Right, all, all things um, considered, oh, other than of course the final score. About blooper. Blooper, yeah, coming down, right? Um, yeah. yeah, so th- that was huge on his, on his, uh, I guess, world tour, at least southeast tour, right, of Braves country after the big, uh, big World Series championship Shout there. Out to Blooper, um, man. Yeah, coming down, talking some smack too on Twitter, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just, I mean, if you don't follow Blooper on Twitter, you're missing out because, man, oh, man, like he, like, I know mascots, they don't talk, right? I mean, that's, that's like no. the uh, golden rule of mascots, right? But he you knows know, how to use talk. those fingers. But, to man, tweet. he, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he tweets. He he sure is not afraid to tweet. And uh, and yeah, he threw some shade at at that school, um, at that suitcase college in Atlanta um, <laughs> that happened to have a home game. Uh, you know, on the same day as us. Uh, you know, around the same time as us. Um, yet, you know, instead of Blooper just taking taking a stroll, um, you know, up <laughs> our uh, what I don't even know the roads in Atlanta anymore. I was going to say seventy five. That's probably not correct. Um, but yeah, going over from Cobb. Um, you know, uh, just a 15 minute or so drive, um, went three and a half hours down, yeah. right. To, to, to Statesboro because we have the true fan base. Right? You want to go, we you want to go somewhere where there well, was we actually say there's 20,000 people that attended the game. There's actually 20,000 people that attended the game. Butts. Yeah. 20,000 butts. Yeah. Not, not the players, families and their, and their relatives. And that's it. Right. Right. And a whole, bu- a whole bunch of, uh, <laughs> of tickets just sitting in an office somewhere yeah. that, from, from some donors. So. Yeah, um, but yeah, so I guess let's move from that. Um, obviously, a lot to talk about here, right? Obviously, we'll get into App State here in a second. Um, but the biggest you know, news of the weekend of Georgia Southern, I think, yeah, is is the indoor practice facility, right? Is something that we alluded to um, earlier. Uh, I, I think a couple times at least that that it was being considered, and that you know we might have seen. Uh, some um, renderings for it, right, and talking about all the great work that Jared Banco has done. Um, 
So that is official now. So we found out um, during the game that uh, we got the largest uh, donor yet uh, for that project from the Tippins family um, to be the title much. sponsor of that. Thank you very much for that. Um, and and yeah, so so now all the the, the renderings we've seen, all that's it's coming true. So they're in the. Um, in the right far right side if you're looking from the stadium of the uh paulson tailgate lot um is where this facility is going to go um and uh break ground the spring right break yes. the ground as, as early long as, as the, spring. the uh university system of georgia approves it which i guess they hopefully think that they have dotted all their i's and crossed their t's that should be done so yeah break ground in the spring which should be fantastic because I think last time we had heard it was not supposed to break ground until they were projecting not to break ground until late next year. Mm-hmm. So to go ahead and get it started now in the spring would be fantastic. Yeah. So we, you know, Cody and I had, we, we agree on this podcast about a lot of stuff, right? Um, <laughs> yes. yeah, no, normally like, you know, every now and then there's like little nuances and subtleties where we'll disagree. We had a debate, um, you know, uh, about this of, of, you know, not, and I, and I want to, like, state my case, I, I guess, where, you know, it's not that n- neither of us think that we don't need this. You know, I know when we mentioned it before, the biggest thing, right, is um, to get more practices in. Yes. Right. That's, that's I think, well, the I think biggest draw here. Well, I think we have to start here. with this because there has been some debate from some fans about whether or not this is needed. And I think we need to say that both of us definitely it's, state is absolutely it's needed. needed. Hundred percent, hundred percent, absolutely needed. Yeah. So, so yeah, we're not, we're not arguing that at all. Um, what I'm kind of arguing is, you know, I guess I am a little under underwhelmed by the renderings and by the proposal of what this facility is in the grand picture of comparing it to our peers across the conference. When you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, if you go and look online on any of the Facebook groups or you'll, you'll see the renderings out there. Um, this is a pavilion, right? It, it has the, it's grounded, right? Which is again, this biggest thing. So multi-sport, multi-use facility. Um, it's <clears throat> completely lightning grounded. So you can still get those practices in. I think we lost what, eight practices last year, we've Cody, lost, correct me if I'm wrong. We lost a lot of practices. Um, I think yeah. last I heard between like the last two seasons, maybe up to 25 practices we've lost there you go. Yeah, because of lightning yeah. and weather. So we know, you know, early, early um, fall, you know, and late summer, early fall, um, we know what the weather's like in South Georgia, mm-hmm. right? Rain all the time, lightning storms, usually there in the afternoon when they're trying to practice. Um, we know the first couple uh, weeks of, uh, of high school football, you know, I'd covered high school football for years and it seemed like pretty much all of August and then most of September would get delayed, right? I mean, you'd, you'd start games at like 10 o'clock at night. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, it, it was much needed for that. And, again, multi-sport, so you can get yeah, softball in there, um, hitting balls, baseball, right, yeah, even uh, even soccer, right, yeah. So um, that's great. But, yeah, you look at it, I think the first thing that stands out, um, one, I guess, might be the, the location, right? Obviously, that was a controversy. I don't think – I think – you and I, Cody, are, are okay with the location, but a lot of people were upset with obviously it's going to displace some people. Um, probably not. Uh, they're not going to lose their spot, but they, they'll they lose their spot, but they're not going to lose their place, right? Correct. Um, so yeah. according to what has been said is that the amount of uh, parking spots or tailgate spots, um, I think it's the yellow lot, I can't remember, but the the dirt and the, and the 
uh, area right behind the stadium where this is going to go, that the number of spaces that it's going to take over is is not going to cause anybody to lose their spot in that area. That there's enough free spaces available to where everybody will still have their spot if they choose to renew their season tickets next year. Um, so that nobody should be worried about, oh, now I have to find some other parking if you have been there in that area for, you know, 5, 10, 20 years, however long you've been there. So that, I know there's kind of been some confusion um, or people have been concerned. Uh, yes, if you parked in that specific area, you will not be able to park there starting, I guess, probably next football season if they're going to go ahead and break ground in the spring. Yeah. But you should have some spot elsewhere in that general facility. It'll just be, you know, in a different spot. Yeah, and I know people, you know, the, uh, the, I guess some larger spots were over there, right? Some of the RV spots. Yeah. Um, so, you know, those those deeper spots, I guess people were worried about that. You know, you heard several of these stories of, you know, for 10, 15 years, you know, these people have had the spot. Which and, is understandable. Um, yeah, kind yeah of, change, change is yeah. hard. You don't want to, like, I get it, right? So, I mean. Memories um, are made there. It's, right. It's, you know, family memories. It's kind of hard, yeah. It is, it is, it is. So I, I, I think that's important to keep in mind is like, no, this isn't just a spot spot right i mean this this is a home to some people this is a second or third home right yeah. um on 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 georgia southern game days um that they they set up camp some sometimes on thursday night right and 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 they're out there with their rvs and stuff so like it is it's 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 something that you get um that you get used to and and you don't want to move you don't want to change mm-hmm. and you donate a lot of money um and and yeah so i mean it <clears throat> you could uh Certainly make the argument um, that uh, I don't know. I mean, it's it, it's it's a tough tough pill to swallow. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, for for some of these people, but it's for the greater good, right? And the greater good is we need this facility, um, in, in some capacity, right? Which we'll get into and here. We, and we need it close to where the facilities are already at. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And and obviously, you know, it's going to look good from the stadium and have everything there with the tailgating. You've got the tailgating suites, right? built into mm-hmm. it which obviously is going to be a revenue generator that's going to help pour money back in to um, recoup some of the funding you know if, if they get those sold out um, really in a matter of a couple years um, you might get it completely paid for right which is awesome um, with, with those like premium tailgate like suites that they're going to have there on the perimeter um, so that's cool um, you know another great uh, job by Jared Banco there but yeah, the the facility itself, I guess the big argument or debate between Cody and I was just, yeah, it, to me and, and to a lot of fans I've seen, it is a little underwhelming. You see it, yeah, I think your first reaction is, well, this isn't an indoor practice facility. It's it's a pavilion, right? It's, it's a giant pavilion. Um, not saying that it's not nice, not saying that, you know, the building materials and the construction and all that, like, it's going to be nice. But you look around at the rest of the conference, um, at your app states, at your Louisiana's, even a proposal at Coastal Carolina for the same amount of money, right, about $15 million, um, and theirs looks similar but looks to be completely enclosed with glass there on the um, on the end zone sides um, where, it's, where it's see-through with the logo and all that, um, but it's not open air. Right. So you've got you've got an air condition, you've got, you know, which we can go on debates about that of whether or not that's needed. <laughs> you know, I'm sure mm-hmm. a lot of players would prefer that um, in the South Georgia heat. Right. Um, but, you know, is, does that toughen them up? And that's not what they're going to play in. Right. And all this. Um, but but yeah, you, you look at it from that standpoint. And I do think that it's a little underwhelming. 
Um, that being said, it's created in a way that can be enclosed later. Um, so if it's just a fund issue, um, then, I mean, that is what it is, right? I mean, I guess like we, we have the money we have, this is what we can do for the time being. And the hope is that in the future, once we start getting some of that revenue in, um, and then get just more donors in general, we can enclose it. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's really kind of my thing. Cody, go ahead and and say your piece. I mean, I, I know you're a bigger fan of it. Yeah, I, I I love it. Um, and we'll kind of get into the arguments back and forth as to why you know one is better than the other. But I love the idea. I, I think it looks fantastic. I don't think it is any way, shape, form, or fashion makes it us less than any of our other conference um, rivals, Louisiana App State. Um, just because you don't have the four walls around it, to me, does not make it any more less than an indoor practice facility um and yeah are you not getting your air conditioning are you not getting that climate controlled that that you can do in an indoor sure but is it necessary and for the most part wherever you go play college ball at if it's sunshine and it's nice outside you're going to be practicing outside unless it's like 120 degrees outside which hardly is not really the case and if it is with our facility, with it being shaded in the way that it is, it's still going to cool it down to where you can go out there and play and not be ungodly hot. Um, I think the plan, the design, the execution from the athletic department to go ahead and get, make this a priority has been phenomenal. And I don't, to me, I don't see any negative at all in what we are trying to do here and what we're trying to build. And I think even if they leave it like it is, I still think it's a great facility to have. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that's where we we differ the most. Like, I think this is a step in the right direction, but I don't think it's the the final step. I think that you know this kind of showcases, you know, it it it, it kind of sets a realistic precedent, right? Of of just where we are, right? I mean, I think a, a lot of us, myself included, um, and, and a lot of fans, you know, we we do we want us to be that top tier G5 program and rival some of the P5 schools. And I think this is to me kind of an eye opener of like, let's put everything in check. This is where we are. <laughs> we have the Georgia Southern football pavilion instead of Georgia Southern football indoor practice facility. Well, it's, and see, and I think that I don't want to say it's insulting, but it's still an indoor practice facility. Like it's not, that I, Cody. it's, I know it's a pavilion. You, I know that I know that you look at the Louisiana and app state, but I look at both- high schools in Georgia that have true indoor practice facilities. I mean, it's, you know, so it's it's not. But it, they don't it, cost nowhere near as much. All you're looking at is a tin roof or really like a, like a sardine can that you just have a big metal building that's 100 yards wide or 100 yards long. Right. 50, 55 yards wide, just enough to where you can have some sort of a sideline. Right. And, and that's it. And that's kind of what you see at, at some of the other conferences. Is that it's kind of what it is, and when you look at it from the outside, well, what is it? Big it's metal just box, a big and it's not metal box, aesthetically not, pleasing, right? It's I, not, and you can't use it for anything else as far as for the fans, right? Like they're not using that for premium tailgating spots, correct? They're not using that for and that's creative, especially for the location, yes, right? Especially for the so, location where it's going to be, which I don't know, uh, you know, where App State is located or where Louisiana is located, but you know, assuming close to their regular practice fields, and I don't know if those are close to the stadium, but ours. is it's unique in the sense that it's right there in the heart 
you know, in the shadow of the stadium, right in the heart of the tailgating row, right? Um, so it, it makes this cohesive thing. You've got the track uh, right there behind it. Um, yeah. And where soccer currently plays, of course, they'll be moving to the Tormenta Stadium, right? Um, over by the old Hackers um, mm-hmm. Clubhouse, I think it's called now. Yeah. Um, and so, so yes, I mean, I, I think from an aesthetic standpoint, it's certainly there. Um, again, go look up like Coastal Carolina there. I don't think they've broken ground on that. Again, that's a proposal, so that could change. Theirs, it looks like they have glass there, so it definitely yeah. is aesthetically pleasing. Basically, it looks the same, but it's got the clear encasing um, there on the end zones uh, where ours don't. But maybe, you know, of course, it's <clears throat> being and baked think, into the plans. And I think my them. other my, – my last argument to the other co- – the, the conference mates that, that we've kind of mentioned – specifically Louisiana app, those two were both built back in 2007. So those things are getting close to almost 15, 20 years old at this point. Ours is a brand new state-of-the-art building that is that is going to be much nicer, as you just said, you know, visually than what they have and closer in design to what South Alabama just built down there in Mobile, which a lot of people will say is 100% Head and Shoulders is just a absolutely phenomenal building to to be able to practice and, and have right there next to the stadium. So, and UAB UAB has a similar UAB one. has a similar thing. Um, yep. In fact, I think UAB kind of started this trend. They did. I think um, they were the first ones. Yeah, and so again, you know, I think you and I have definitely think the. We need something, whatever yes. it is. We definitely. If need this it. is what we can get, that's fine. I just, I, yeah. I want more eventually. I guess this is where we differ. No, I think where you're no, no, content I, no, with it. I'm content with it, but if we are able to enclose it and make it nice and add more features to it, when we do get the the money, I don't know what the future plans are, but that's great. But if the only future plans are is just to enclose it, just to say that it's enclosed and have four walls and not have anything else added to it, we'll have air I don't really, yeah. I don't, yeah, and I don't really see much more of the point now. If it's from a recruiting become, from a recruiting tool standpoint, I think it's interesting because I think is. number one is getting more practices in. That's I think yep. we both agree on that. That is the reason teams build indoor practice facilities where yes. weather is no longer a factor. Um, Number two is how it wraps into the this bigger picture I think you have of facilities across the campus, locker rooms, weight rooms. Yeah. So if I'm a recruit and again, I'm not, I didn't play college football. Right. So, but you know, I, I look on Twitter, I look at where college football is moving to and all the nice new shiny things. Right. I mean, you look at the locker rooms of Louisiana and, They've emulated what LSU is doing with like the giant, um, you know, um, mm-hmm. Florida Lee there, right? <laughs> with illuminated and and like got you know TVs in the lockers and like lounges and like all, all this kind of stuff. So that's what recruits are attracted to now. They they want the shiny new things. You know what what have you done for me lately? Kind of deal. Well, they want to see investment, right? They want to see what kind of investment is going on into your program, mm-hmm. and that shows it. Yeah. And, and, you know, I know, yes, we've had this, it's going to, the old guard's not going to like it, but that is where college football is moving to, right? And and we can say this, like, blue-collar or whatever, but we can have the blue-collar mentality but still have, like, nice things, um, you yes. know, and and 
blue collar doesn't mean you're poor. There's a lot of blue collar people that have that are very well. Correct. Correct. And I think that's where we need to get to. But unfortunately, <laughs> you know, we're blue collar because we are poor. I mean, we, we are we, we don't have, yeah. uh, you know, a huge athletic budget. We constantly in the lower half of the Sun Belt, constantly, you know, towards the end of, uh, you know, FBS um, in our athletic budget. Now that is growing. It has grown significantly just in the past uh, 12 or 14 months that Jared Banco has been Since here. Right. Yeah, they knew what he was doing and could think outside the box to raise money different ways, right? Um, So, yes, I think we're headed in the right direction there. I think we're headed in the right direction with facilities like this one. Um, But, you know, we still have a long way to go. So as a recruit, you know, basically my argument to Cody when we were debating this over text were, you know, if if you're looking at deciding between App, Louisiana, and us, and and you're looking at those facilities, and facilities matter to you, right? For every recruit, it's something different, right? It's playing time, it's location to their hometown, it's, um, you know, uh, I guess ties in with playing time, but like depth, right, of of whatever position am am I going to be four-string quarterback. Um, But up there on some, and some it could be number one is facilities, right? Like you said, what what is that investment in the program? Um, How many fans do they get at their games, right? Is it a a fun place to play? Do they have state-of-the-art weight room? Do they have a great lounge? Do they have good resources um, for, you know, injury prevention and and all this kind of stuff, right? Um, And indoor practice facilities certainly – factor into that now if you're coming from a south georgia high school where you're used to you know you know what that south georgia heat is like and you're coming from a colcourt county or something like that right that has a nice indoor practice facility and then you're coming to georgia southern and you're like oh that's a pavilion versus louisiana or app where it's truly an indoor and what you're used to as a high school kid um is that gonna play a factor in your decision i don't know It it may i mean and it could it could um but I think once when it's completed, you could sit there and say, well, ours is, is it's obviously state-of-the-art. Um, it's a lot nicer. It's it's brand new. Um, and, and you know, it, it you provide the same amenities pretty much. It's just that it's not enclosed. No, is it better I, than you know, nothing? Of course, right? I mean, so, so, yeah, so like, don't get me wrong. Like, again, we, we both agree that something is needed. Um, and I'm glad that we're being able to break ground on it you know, this spring and, and get started on it right away. So yes, it's, it's better than the banks of Eagle Creek. Right. Um, you know, and, and yes, yes I, I get it. I get the history and Which all that need to be retired. I, yeah. I mean, I'm going to say something that probably not people are like, are yeah, gonna you're going like to yeah. <laughs> probably am, but beautiful Eagle Creek, make it a historical site. It, it that's what it is. You can still do make the baptism. You can still do all this you can stuff. Still do it. But we don't need to be busing kids over there to run or to play over there or practice over there. Let's get this built. Let's hand that over to the, soccer and like some of the other sports. And those that actually play on natural grass, yeah. we don't play on natural grass. We play on turf. It's what I think ninety percent of the stadiums are nowadays. Yep. Set up the indoor practice facility with the turf that is used just about everywhere else. You know, put some sort of historical marker, some sort of tribute to Irk and everything that went on there. And just let it just kind of be one of those just untouched sites on campus that, hey, this is the beginnings of of where we started. Now look at where we've grown. And that's what it needs to kind of be now. Yeah, because the weight room, you have the football operations center, right? Like everything. Remember back when we were uh, students, Cody, like everything was over the other side, right? You had the weight room, um, you know, over there um, by the softball fields. Right. Um, Have they begun to build the Bishop building at that point? 
when we were there? I can't remember when that was exactly built. Bishop, yes. Uh, the the okay. operation center, no. No. Um, yeah, so... Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I remember like back when I covered the team, right. I mean, the football offices were right there behind the tennis courts, right. Or yeah. in front of it. And, um, and yeah, so you had your weight room in there. That's where the, the coaches offices were. Um, then you went to the banks of Eagle Creek, they would walk over there, they'd practice right there in front of like Snookies, right. <laughs> RIP. And, um, and then, and then on game days, then you go to the stadium, then they started playing more and more in the stadium, going back and forth, like you said, bussing. So it makes sense to centralize it, get all in one spot. You've got your locker rooms, you got your weight facilities, you got the coaches offices, everything's in the operations center. You, uh, when the weather's nice, practice in the stadium where you're going to play on Saturdays. And then when it's not so nice or when you need extra space for different position groups or whatever, go to the IPF. Right. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, it, it just it just makes sense. And then you can be in there practicing. Um, imagine like having the suite set up. Imagine having um, having uh, all, you know, the, the tailgate and, and full force and the players some of them in there practicing right but early before the game going through walkthroughs mm-hmm. going through and then you can get crowds and get people like cheering them on as they're you know doing reps and stuff like that's cool that would be really cool so um so yeah i i think this is is much needed and i think the location plays a key factor in it um but no i i agree with you yeah a lot of people aren't going to want to hear it um but still do the baptism all that yeah. but we don't need to be practicing there no, we don't. We don't. Like I said, just make it a historical place, untouched on campus. Let soccer use it if they need to use it, because they, they still do. Uh, but, I mean, just kind of keep it as these are the humble beginnings of where our football program started. And and, and you can kind of say, now look where we are now. We got uh, a, a great indoor practice facility. Our stadium is has the, the nice weight room on one end. You have the Bishop um, building on the other. It's it's growing. It's going to continue to grow. We're, you know, you haven't seen nothing yet and just kind of go from there. I think it'd be cool to have like, you have a plaque or something there. Right. And I know they already have like the thing, I think, uh, at least a sign for beautiful Eagle Creek, but yeah. like do, do like a little statue with like the jug of water or something. Right. Yeah, I mean, that, that'd something. be cool. Um, yeah. and then the freshmen come and they, you know, pose next to the thing, they get in, they do all that. You have that ritual still. We're not saying you know up in traditions or anything like that, um, but no. but let's get to the 21st century. Centralize everything. Have all those facilities in one place, and uh, and yeah, and move forward. It's a way of still honoring the past without being behind your peers in 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 really what is the the college football arm race. Some people cursing cursing us millennials right now. They uh, probably uh, are, but. Uh, yeah, so I guess with that, Cody. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's all I kind of wanted to say. Again, yeah, I think I think that I think I think it's 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 a great it's a great step in our football program. Uh, you know, Matt thinks that we should go bigger um, eventually, or, or hope people could go bigger sooner rather than later. You know, if that's the point, I agree with that. But I'm perfectly content and happy with what we have now. Yeah, hope we can. That's the thing. Is is like yeah. if, if um again if this is what we can afford now and it's going to get something you know get ground broken let's do it um but you know i think yeah i i do think we have um more we could do in the future so anyway um all right so moving on from that obviously outside of that 
some big shakeups in college football, right? I mean, obviously, coaching carousel continuing. Um, biggest one uh, is Florida. Obviously, Dan Mullen um, relieved of his duties there. Um, you know, I know there was some talk about Helton, and obviously he's from Gainesville. He's uh, admitted, um, I, I've, I've at least heard him admit um, once that, you know, he's he grew up a huge Florida fan, right? Um, so, you know, would he want to coach there one day? Probably. Um, but, you know, I don't think that that's really a concern at this point. Um, but, you know, I know that's with this news of how it relates to us. Um, that would be the parallel. Would <laughs> You know, could yeah. could we lose a coach almost as, as soon as we got one um, with this new opening, uh, which I, I just don't think is going to happen. Um, I don't think it makes sense really for either party really at this point. Um, obviously it would be a big payday for, for Helton. Um, we would get some money out of it, right. With, uh, breaking the contract before yeah. Yeah, it barely began. Um, but you know, I think that is more of a concern. I think it's more of a positive because I think, you know, if, if Mullen had stayed put for a year or two and let's say Helton does really well, um, and then that job becomes open, then I think, you might have legitimate a, concern. A, yeah. Um, but, but right now with the timing, I, I just don't think it really makes sense for either party. No. And I don't think it, I, uh, look, it's, um, I don't know. I don't really have too much thoughts on it, except for the fact that I, I'm with you. I just don't think it, it, it'll happen or that it's the right time. Uh, and that I think Florida has one, uh, there's a lot of issues going down there in Gainesville that I don't know even if I'm Clay Helton, do I want to step into that into the into that pile of mess that they got going on down there in Gainesville. Um simply because of one, the like most college football fan bases, there's no patience. Um and two, you have a, a huge turnaround project in front of you. And the competition in the SEC is is unlike anything else. That's a good question. Um, I mean, what we talked about pressure, right? Between between us and USC, who has the most pressure between Georgia Southern and Florida, and what's a better job right now, just in in terms of like job security, right? I, yeah, I think when you look at job security, probably us. When you look at pressure, I'd probably say with the expectations and in, in what Florida has done. As, as close as, you know, when they had Urban Meyer. I, I don't know, man. You talk about us being in a talent-rich environment. Gainesville is also in a talent-rich environment with, in, with Florida. It, it, I I don't know. I think that's a good question to have. I think you could probably say Florida is the more pressured job at that point. I think it's more um, – I, mean, I think they're obviously on the same level as USC, but probably even more so, right, in, in the fact that they yeah. expect – championships every year right um recently yeah recent relevancy and they expect championships conference championships every year especially you know of course east division at least in the sec and then um and then you know make a run to the playoff like they that's what they would they want to be in georgia's position um so yeah that's that's a ton of pressure um so i I think for helton this you know this move is going to like i've said many times i think this is going to be good for him um, and I think it's going to be good for us. I think you know, all all involved, um, it's going to get him and in, in a you know back in the southeast, and maybe a little bit less pressure, at least from like 
the national media standpoint and like the limelight and all that. Um, still got to win, um, but you know, in a recruiting hotbed, and I think can do it quickly, um, right? But, but as long as he mm-hmm. builds the right staff and all that, um, and if he's able to do that, obviously that will catapult himself back into those top names where pretty much any job he wants, um, he can get. Yeah. So, um, so with that, uh, I guess, um, in some belt, obviously big thing was, uh, Lindsay, right. Uh, Chip Lindsay out mm-hmm. at Troy. Um, so that's the next domino to fall there in the, in the Sunbelt conference, um, thoughts on that, Cody, and, and where they might go or, or just, you know, that that job, um, you know, and what kind of that means for Sunbelt as a whole. As a whole. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be an interesting job to see who fills it. Um, I think the only thing about it that I want to say is I don't want Chip Lindsay considered as our offensive coordinator. <laughs> um, I think that's my, that's my thoughts on it is we'll see who they hire, see who they go after. Um as I as we kind of see this, as the football season comes to a close, at least the regular season, uh, and you start to see these firings, uh, you kind of start to appreciate maybe Jared Binko's forward thinking, in saying, you know, as much as it pains us to cut Lunsford now, we look so much better than a lot of these other schools. We get the head start, but also, place. yeah, we yeah. we we made. A play at a big name um, that and we got probably it. wasn't going to be there if we had yep. waited. True, and you know, and we'll see how it turns out. But right now, it looks like we have really positioned ourselves to to take advantage of of what really has been a bad situation. And and now, you know, we're we're heavy in recruiting. Um, we just got the the IPF. We we are hopefully in the next few weeks we'll start hear, hearing about who's going to fill out the staff, mm-hmm. and and hopefully that will be you know exciting. I'm sure we'll as that news comes out we'll probably jump on and, and do some podcast about about that. But uh, you know Troy is Troy is a good job. Anybody who gets that job is going to look at it and say, hey, Neil Brown took this team from a worse position than Chip Lindsay left it in and he turned it into a, a powerhouse and Troy was consistently in the mix of, of winning the conference and and he went ahead and, and took his P5 job and, and left and, and made his payday. So I think you're going to see a lot of interest in it. It's in Alabama. Yeah. It has, I think, good facilities over there no, as well. No indoor practice facility. I, I, just, no, I just looked no. that up. Okay. Yeah. All right. So no indoor practice yeah. facility. Um, but they have a good fan base as, as we do. So it's not going to be too hard of a sell. Um, I think what probably the coach who who takes it over will probably want to know is what is what is the investment probably like what Clay Helton asks us is what is the investment into the program? Are you building an indoor practice facility? Are you making improvements um, in this and in that? And uh, we'll kind of see where they go from there. But no, it's going to be a good job. Anybody who gets it can 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 take it and and, and win there if they know what they're doing. Yeah, so uh, looking at the athletic, just real quick. Um, first time I'm looking at this, but some of the names that they were 
throwing out there as, as possible candidates. Again, I mean, there's nothing really behind this. Of course, Clay Helton wasn't mentioned for our job, um, you know, when, when Lunsford got fired. But uh, Rhett Lashley, right, uh, which we've heard his name even that for our, our job. Yeah, um, Offensive coordinator at Miami, Texas A&M running backs coach, uh, Tommy Robinson, um, also uh, UAB defensive coordinator, David Reeves. That's That could be interesting, right? Um, obviously knows the state of Alabama. Um, UAB's defense is pretty good. Um, and, uh, what about the head coach that just got let go from Jacksonville state? What's his name? John Grass? Yeah. John Grass would be really interesting. And man, that would be a huge slap in the face to Jacksonville state. If, if that ends up working out, right. Because basically you've got Jacksonville state where they're moving, um, to, uh, technically FBS, right, in, in the new Conference USA. Um, they're moving up with Sam Houston and, uh, you know, um, of course you've got uh, some of the, indi- the independent Colorado School of Mines, yeah, too, right? <laughs> Colorado School of Mines. <laughs> yeah, that's not far from, from where I live, actually. I've seen the School of Mines. Um, I want to get a T-shirt. Um, but Now, is it really a mime school? Like, do they, they started really, like, as teach it. You? Yeah, they started. I don't think oh, it's okay. that anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like the old, like, teacher's colleges Man, and stuff, yeah. Could you imagine going to class there? Yeah, they have a basketball team. I, I don't think they have a football team, but um, but yeah, it's, it's down in like Colorado Springs area. So, um, but with yeah, you've got your Independence, New Mexico State, right? Just join in. Um, so you got a couple of FCS schools um, coming up, and they basically get rid of John Grass, who's had a phenomenal record there. He got him to the playoffs, I think, pretty much every year. Um, of course, never won a national title or really got that close, but made them pretty relevant. Obviously, beat Florida State earlier this year um, for, for what that's worth. And then, uh, um, but yeah, and then he, it, you know, it's one of those situations, it was a Paul Johnson situation, right, where it was like he's retired, right? He's stepping down. <laughs> he's not fired, but it's a mutual, mm-hmm. it's a mutual agreement, which we know, like, writing on the wall what that means um but yeah it'd be really interesting if they uh pull that lever um put you know him in at troy and then if that works out man that's gonna man, that's gonna look bad on yeah, Jacksonville no, State. the only reason why it kind of made sense to me was because it is alabama he knows that state mm-hmm. um he could he could easily recruit there and i think he would do well in 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 regards to that and he like you said he's had success at Jacksonville To State. be honest with you, and that makes more sense regardless of, then, of how yeah. – than Chip Lindsey, right? Than, than bringing in Chip Lindsey even when – because he had success right at the FCS level. But, like, John Grass has had just as much success, um, and now he's available and, and coaches in state. So, like, I, yeah, I, I, think, I think that I makes think almost too much sense. I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the mix. Yeah, he or should. at least he puts his name in there. I still um, like we'll I still like him for a possible O.C., um, for us, but uh, you know, I know we've. Uh, I think we mentioned that before. I know we've talked about. Yeah, Cody, but, we've talked about it. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, definitely look for for John Grass's name somewhere in the Sun Belt. I think he'll, um, if he still wants to coach, um, you know, which that's yeah, there'll be somebody that, that wants to hire someone him. Will Let's hire just him. say that someone will want to hire. Yeah. Him. Um, so yeah. Anyway, so that's going on, um, and then I guess the other biggest news that we'll get to App State is uh, twelve team playoff. Right? We mentioned it before. Had the big um, uh, 
uh, breaking news kind of fiasco uh, on the Dan Patrick show about, that. about it. Yeah. Uh, I guess what they tweeted out the wrong thing so that it could be next yeah. year. It's really going to be either 2023 or 2025. They'll vote in December and decide on the year. But basically both Dan Patrick and um, someone from uh, Sports Illustrated, I believe, um, is uh, reporting that it's a go quote you know quote unquote a go or a done deal that Just it will be the details 12 teams so we don't know if it's going to be know if it's the original proposal five. that we had said yeah. before where it was six conference champions right which that means um the six highest ranked conference champion which guarantees a group of five conference champion in it because there's only possibly five power two. five teams or power five conferences possibly two like you had last year in louisiana or i'm sorry in coastal carolina and cincinnati right um where where coastal uh came in at 12th right so they would have been in that model um cincinnati would have actually hosted georgia um which they almost beat the, there in the bowl game um, so yeah, so it, it, it would open the door to group of five teams, be a huge step in the right direction, uh, to start getting seats at the table, um, where every year, instead of vying for uh new year six bowl, you're vying for not just your conference championship, but possibly a, a shot at the playoff. Um, yep. so big, big news there. I think the latest iteration of it was maybe a change to it where it's, not the top six uh, champions, but um, that it's the, what was it? It was basically the like... Power five plus one. Power Yeah, it's like power five plus one, but the one will get, it, it won't be one through six, right? Where I think before it was the top, the top six, uh, uh, th- yeah, top the, six conference champions five. got a spot in the top six seats, correct? I think is what it was. Yes, I think that's. I think you're right on that. So, where this is, it's the top power five. It's the power five conference champions, um, and then the highest rated group of five champion. Um, so, which is be interesting because that brings into debate. If that let's just say that's a proposal, then if you have let's just say. Because historically the Pac-12 has been the 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 run of the P5s here lately, but let's just say you have a Pac-12 champion that at the end of the year is ranked like 24th, and you have a uh, let's just say Georgia Southern who is the Sun Belt champion that is you know ranked 20th, and there's another group of five team, let's say Memphis that's ranked 10th. You know, are are you going to keep the Georgia Southern if they're undefeated? Do they get an at-large bid? And is there an argument to be made that if you're going to include this power five qualifier, this power automatic power five, is it fair to leave like an undefeated G5 higher ranked team out of it when you may have possibly a, a P5 lower ranked champion that automatically gets a berth into it? Right. Would, I think yeah. there, there's going to be some. There's going to be a, there's going to be a lot of debate on that, and it's going to it'll still have. I think it'll create the controversy that we're trying to avoid if you just do the top six and be done with it. Right, exactly. And and yeah, I mean, by the time this takes effect, which again, at the earliest 2023, but maybe 2025, you got the new Big 12 in, right? You got the new and improved, yeah. um, or you know, I guess debatable, but <laughs> you've got Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC, and then you've got, you know, the four teams, including BYU, joining Big 12. Um, so, you know, you definitely can yeah, argue, the, you know, I that... Think with, 
it go, uh, sorry to interrupt, but I think with the, the new conference realignment, the group of five is wide open now with Cincinnati UCF. It's wide open away. and the power five is weaker, right? I mean, I, I, I think yeah. most people will say that adding Houston and UCF and BYU um, and, uh, and Cincinnati doesn't necessarily replace Texas. I know Texas has had a really bad year um, or Oklahoma, right? I mean, um, I just, think it doesn't replace Oklahoma. Yeah. Texas has been bad. They've been bad, but I mean, they obviously have the money and they have the fan base and they like, but anyway, like I, I think, um, I think if those teams, any of those four teams that are joining go undefeated, like they're not going to get the same kind of treatment that a Texas would, right, or an Oklahoma would. Um, and then same with Pac-12. Pac-12 has been down for years. So I think we're getting into a place now where Sun Belt again, is positioning itself as the top group of five conference, um, and I think will be here by 2023 or 2025. Um, and, and yeah, so I think you've got a case where you're not only in that conversation of that sixth team, but you could potentially be that fifth um, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 uh, leapfrog a big 12 team or a pac 12 team if they're having a yep. bad year. Um, so, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely interesting. We'll see how that all plays out again, December's the vote for that. Um, but yeah, the reports are, are pointing that, that it's gonna happen. Um, again, that obviously can change, but, um, huge, huge win for Georgia Southern and group of five as a whole. Um, if that is the case. Yep, I yeah completely agree, and I think I'm just waiting on it to be official so that we can actually start understanding you know all the possibilities that can be at play. And I guess the uh, tying a bow on this, like the final thing, would be the timing of this, right? Is great in our favor, right? I mean, the stars mm-hmm. are aligning for this to be really special. Now, of course, we still have a lot to do to be able to reach that potential, but let's say it's 2023. You got. The teams that, you know, you got Marshall and Southern Miss and o- ODU um, and uh, um, James, James Madison, Madison, thank you, uh, joining Sunbelt, making it stronger, I think, by all accounts. Uh, everyone agrees with that. And then um, Clay Helton, you're talking second year under him at that point. Um, if yep. it's 2025, right, you're talking late in his contract. So, like, maybe, the, you know, it, it's taken a little bit longer than we'd hoped, but things are getting turned around. So in either scenario, we could be in position where, you know, you're also talking about the rest of the Sun Belt, at least the way it stands now, where some of these premier coaches might not be there, right? I mean, even after this yeah. season, you know, is Chadwell still there? Is Billy Napier yeah. still there? Is App State's coach still there? Like, it's it's even Georgia State's coach still there, right? I yeah, mean, you no, know. you're right. You're right. And that's, that's, a, that's an interesting thought is – a lot of I think a lot of fans, typical, us included, have, have wondered what would Helton's first year be like, what are the expectations there? And quite honestly, you can't say until you actually know how this coaching carousel is gonna end because like you just said, there could be two to four coaches that are no longer in the sun belt and these schools are having to scramble around to figure out who's gonna lead their football program next year. Yeah. Um, so no, I think that's a valid point. You don't know if Chadwell's gonna be there, Napier or the other two, like you said, it's, I don't know. I, I, you, you are right. As of things look now, granted this football season has been very frustrating as a fan to watch and to endure. But as I said last week, you can't help but feel very, very positive about where this program is going. Yeah. Because I mean, we easily like, you know, coastal Carolina, um, Louisiana, app state, Georgia state, all those teams, um, you know, are, 
one bad coaching, you know, uh, hire away from being irrelevant mm-hmm. again, right? And then we bring in Helton, which again hasn't proven anything yet, but you could argue is the biggest coaching name in the Sun Belt, right? You know, in day one. Yeah. Um, you know, no, Billy Napier and Chadwell haven't won Rose Bowl or Pac-12 championship, right? Um, so, you know, I think if, if those guys get, you know, leave and you have that revolving door, all of a sudden, you know, he's the guy. He's kind of the guy that's up oh, on the yeah. pedestal that everyone's looking at. Um, and, and we have the potential to cement ourselves, right, as as the the top tier of the conference. Um, and, okay. and Exactly yeah. right. So... With that, uh, let's move into App State. App State eight weeks, so um, second year in a row here. Uh, you could tell by how long we get to it, how excited we are for this game. <laughs> yeah. So Cody and I were supposed to go to the game uh, with, with a, another friend and roommate from college, and ended up calling it off. It was just you know I think with it being um, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving weekend, travel. right, with travel, and of course I'm in Colorado, so the logistical challenges there. Um, very costly as well. So we ended up calling it off, um, which, you know, probably means we're going to win. So that's, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Cause, cause I know if we, if, if we would have went, uh, we probably would have lost by 50. Um, but now that I, I yeah. know the last time that I was strongly considering going up to Boone was back when I was a student in 2007. And we all know that season, right? They beat, uh, Michigan and then we beat them at the rock. Uh, put a put a crack in the rock. I was a student journalist at the time. Um, had the opportunity to go up there, decided not to do it. Um, <laughs> ended up watching it on TV, um, saying that like, oh, it's not going to be worth it, right? Hatcher's the coach. Like, we're, there's no way we're going to win. Um, if we Still, end up to this yeah. day, one of the best coaching jobs in Georgia Southern football history. Mm-hmm. You can say what you want about Hatcher, but that game plan and execution of what we did that day. What's phenomenal? Hey, Hatcher knows how to upset teams, right? <laughs> we, he does. We saw he it at does. Sanford, right? It almost happened against Florida. Um, almost happened against Florida State, you know, here a couple of years ago. But um, yeah, so so yeah, so we're, we're not going. So maybe we have a chance. Maybe that's a good sign. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, this second year in a row, right? That it's uh, falls on the last um, uh, Saturday of the regular season. Second year in a row, we're going with probably a backup quarterback. Second year, yeah. So Connor's probably going to get the call again. Maybe Cam's healthy. We don't know what the shoulder's like. I believe it is. What's the point? Honestly. I agree. Before we get to what is the point of playing him in this game? If he he is – even if he's 100% healthy, Mm -hmm. what what are we going to see on film that we haven't seen already through game time, through, through his playing time so far this year? Um, he seems to, he is a very, I don't want to say, he's a very physical runner. Um, he plays very physical, which is great. I love it. But he's getting injured he's in, getting in injured. Texas yeah, State. He got injured at FAU. Right. He hasn't played lit, a whole game. He hasn't played a complete game. So that that's the biggest him. red flag for me right now. And, yeah. like, I don't know if playing him solves that. Um, it's the last game of the season. No, that's a coaching thing. And let Helton take control of that and say, hey, look, you're phenomenal, but you're only phenomenal when you're on the field. Let's let's rein the rein you back a little bit, and and you don't have to be so physical. Um, and teach them how to slide and and get down and 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 you know understand so you that think it's getting to, getting their quality reps isn't worth it. It's better to just keep them healthy. Not not, not if it's going to be like twenty degrees and snowing, right? 
you know, like they forecasted over the past week keeps changing. But no, I, I think let it ride. Connor played great. Um, let Amar, let 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 the Connor Amari Jones dual thing go. Mm-hmm. Let that let that play out in Boone and 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 sit them and, and just say, all right, you know, this is this is your time to kind of take over everything um, going into next year and and you know let him start fresh with Helton and let them kind of work out some of the the, the the things that need to be ironed out in his game and and let him let us see what he can really do next year. There's no point, there's no risk, there's no reward in 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 playing him in this game. At least personally, not in, in my opinion. Yeah. No, I I agree. I agree with that. Um so, yeah, I mean, we'll see how this plays out. Um, you know, I think the 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 interesting storyline other than like quarterback, you know, who's going to be the quarterback for us would be, you know, App State, we didn't know if this game would matter the, to them, right? Um, obviously, they uh, hosted Troy. They ended up handling them pretty easily. Ended up getting Chip. I don't, I don't know if that ended up getting Chip Lindsay fired, but it was certainly like the final nail. Um, and then with, uh, you know, so you had Georgia State sold the mix, Coastal Carolina sold the mix, but they needed App State to lose, right? They needed Troy to win. They needed us to go up there yeah. and upset them to have a shot. Um, so that would have been a weird scenario if it were worked out that way where the game mattered more for them because then we would be playing to upset a rival but possibly put in a Georgia State yeah. or a Coastal Carolina. <laughs> Now, um, you know, they've cemented the East. Uh, they know they're heading to Lafayette, right, to face Louisiana, winners of the West. Um, so I don't want to say for them this game doesn't matter. They want to get to 10 wins. Um, but it's probably – it's not going to change anything, right? It's, yeah, it's just no, not – gain anything. Yeah, though. they don't suddenly host a conference championship. They're still going to Louisiana. Um, even if they win that game, right, and, and get to 11 wins if they beat us, um, it's not really going to change their bowl game. They're going to get the first pick, the best bowl of the Sun Belt, um, you know, allotment or whatever. But, like, that that's it. Like, they're not in, in the conversation for New Year Six or anything like that. Maybe they get ranked. Maybe you have that to play for. Um, but, I mean, that's that's about it. Um, so is that a good or a bad thing for us, right? Um, you know, with them kind of coming in and being like, you know, if I'm their coaches, I'm just trying to get out of this healthy, right? I'm just trying to get yeah. out of this injury-free. Um, so is that a good thing where if they're coming in like – conference you know east title still on the line and we got to beat our biggest rival to do it um you know i think that's not in our favor with a a huge focus yeah yeah yeah, you're right no it it's the question of is are they focused ahead on on the championship game or or bowl game um or are they gonna come in and probably and be ready to play um i think the only thing that that i would say would would give them a little bit sort of a to encourage their focus is that it is going to be obviously their senior game. Um, so they'll probably want to send their seniors out with a victory, obviously over us. So they'll probably focus them um, a little bit more, but it's, it's an enticing question and one that I think is very valid. Mm. They could easily overlook us, say this, they're down. This is their last game. You know, it looks like they gave it all their, you know, the shot last week against BYU. Um, they're probably coming in here down. And, and they'll probably just try to coast it out and, and be done and, and put a bow on the season, um, which I don't think is going to be the case. I think we're going to come in there and try to play spoiler, at least get one over on them. In the season, yep, 4-8, and eight, but we can say that we beat out, you know. Does and, does and, this game, matter? The, does this game matter more than BYU? 
Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, I think it does. Um, yeah. It's an interesting it, question. I mean, Biggest rival, obviously. Yeah, it is. But, like, if yeah. you actually think about it, only, you know, top 15 team never visit. Highest ranked I think team never visit the, Paulson. That's the, that's the only reason why BYU mattered was right. because of their ranking. Yeah. Um, honestly, if, if they were unranked, then certainly not. If they were unranked and bad, if they were like good but not ranked, if they were like in apps position where they're like nine and two or, or whatever, right? I mean, they were eight and two, right? But they were ranked. Yeah. Um, I think it still would be a big deal, but not as big um, because Correct. BYU is seen, in my opinion, they're a power five team, right? I think they have been for, oh, no, for a while. Um, obviously, they are joining the Big 12, so that will be official here in 2023. Um, but. You know, I I see. I don't see them as independent. I see them as a as a Power Five member. No, they are. Um, and, yeah. So, but no, I think I think App is out, right? Like, um, it, I think this game matters more uh, than than last week's game. If you if you want to say that, um, to me, can we beat the streak of of the? I think it's going on four or five years now, in which we either lose to both Georgia State and App State in the same season, or we beat both of them in the mm-hmm. same season. Mm-hmm. Um, can we kind of break that weird streak that we got going we on here? Never did one and one, yeah, yeah. And so that'll be interesting to see. But no, I think look, all our guys going to be ready to play. Are they going to be motivated to play? I think so. It is a road game. We at least played. At least we got the victory against Texas State in our last road game. Wasn't the prettiest, um, but we got it done. Can they do it again? I think it will determine I think I think you have the potential for there be to be a letdown from App State for sure. Yes. If that does happen, then watch out. We could pull it off. Could, if they come out there focused and, and ready to, to show that they they're ready to take on Louisiana. Right. Then it's gonna be a then it's gonna be a long day. Yeah. If they treat it as a tune up and like let's let's get all things going and, and then yes. Mm-hmm. Um if it's just kinda like uh it's a stepping stone like and they're already looking towards Louisiana, yeah. I think we could sneak up emotions. on them. Yeah, where yeah. BYU, right, some of the talk was with that. Obviously, they had a lot to play for um, because, you know, as an independent, they're trying to vie for that New Year's Six game by getting the highest ranking possible. Um, so they needed not just to beat us, but style points, right? They, they needed to put out those style points. And I think they tried to, right? I, I think, yeah, I think they, they, I mean, they came and brought their all, and we hung with them. I mean, we hung we with them for right we uh, for uh, two that and a half quarters. That shows how difficult it is to play well on the road, yeah. and, and they, they they traveled, you know, obviously. Um, but I will say this: to me, BYU overall is a way better team than App State. Right, better offensive line, better defense. Maybe the secondary for App State is probably better than BYU, but overall, I think BYU top to bottom is a way better team than App State and we hung with BYU and had a chance to to really beat them if you if we don't if we take away the mistakes yeah they're a bigger um, team BYU is a bigger team more physical yeah um I mean so, they, they looked every bit of like a power five team where like hopefully we, app is yeah, more comparable right in, in size yeah. and athleticism um to us so our, our our boys should be able to to take positives out of that and say hey look you know we had a couple of just really bad mistakes. If we just clean that up, we don't throw those two interceptions. We 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 stink tough. We would have beat BYU. We had we would have put ourselves in the position at least to beat BYU. There's no reason why we can't go up to App and beat them. Just don't turn the ball over. 
which I think we've been saying just about every podcast, we got to win the turnover battle and yep. we don't do it, but we have got to win the turnover battle. Yep. Don't turn the ball over ourselves. And, and you know, on offense, don't force it. If if the guy you want to throw it to is double covered 20 yards down the field, take the five-yard pass that's wide open and, and, and take the gimme yards and move on to the next down. On defense, I, I liked what they did. They gave up the big pass plays to BYU. We knew that was coming, but they hung tough and they didn't give them the easy touchdowns. Um, and they made them, you know, they made them, you know, kick a couple of field goals that kept us in the ball game for the majority of the game. Mm-hmm. It's got to be the same thing. We're gonna give up the deep pass. That's been a weak point the whole season. When it happens, get down there, stop them, hold into field goals, and at least give your offense a chance to get you closer. Or take over the ball game. And and then and yeah and and on offense it's like you said take what the defense has given you, um, yeah. You know they're they're pretty good defensively, right? Only allowing uh, 115 yards uh, rushing a game, um, but I think you know if 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 they're stacking the box, let's do like what Helton was saying, right? And let's let's get the ball. Um, let Connor sling it, man. Let, yeah, Just let him sling it. it. Um, but also yeah, get Logan Wright involved again, right? Uh, with with the catches that he had for for uh, fifty yards and um, get get in space right and and he's mm-hmm. got the arm and the the ability to to get the ball out there on the perimeter um, that's what we got to do like like screw the the, the option pitch yeah. thing right let's let's spread the ball out um, spread them out get them to not stack the box then run it down their throat um, yep. like we saw a couple times against BYU I think if we can do that and get that um, establish that variety um, I think I mean you saw when we started to, to pass the ball whether it was like dump offs or down the field, we were able to we run. Yeah, yeah, we were able to run on them at, at will like we're used to seeing. Um, that's what we've got to do. And that's got to be the key. I think that's what Ruse has to understand. It's going to be his last game. I, there's no way I can see him being on the staff next year, and who knows if he's going to be coaching anywhere after this. But, you know, leave it all out there. Open up the play calling. Mix it up. Just don't do dive-dive option or dive-dive whatever. Just open it up. Let's spread the ball around. Whatever we got, let's throw it. Something's bound to stick. And, you know, see if we can't pull off the upset. And see if we can't come out of there and, you know, we're not going to the bowl. We're not going to win the conference. But we can at least say, you know, we we beat you on this day. We were the better team. Yeah. And, I mean, that would be a huge, yeah, it would be a huge uh, stepping stone, right, for for next year to end on a good note and send those seniors yeah. out. Um on a good note after, you know, after a tough season. But, um, yeah, yep. Cody, so, I mean, we'll, we'll pick this up. Um, and maybe not next week. You know, we'll, we'll see kind of, I guess, how things go. Um, obviously yeah. with the holiday and everything. And, um, again, again, like you said, yeah, we unfortunately don't have coverage championship game or uh, bowl or anything like that out, to talk about. We're so not, we're not coming back on. We're not coming back on. <laughs> if we win, expect a podcast, uh, sooner than later. Right. If, yep. if we lose, especially if we get blown out. Um, yeah. And, and, and no other news happens. Right. So if, of course if we hire an OC or DC or other major, you know, uh, assistant coach or something like that, we will address that and we'll have a podcast. Um, otherwise, you know, we'll take some time off, enjoy the family, enjoy, you know, everything else going yeah. on um, and, uh, and, and pick it up. 
probably in, in, you know, late December, maybe even January, but we'll communicate across social media and all that. Um, on that note, I will say, you know, obviously with Thanksgiving week, everyone happy Thanksgiving, travel safe, enjoy time with family, um, to be thankful for our listeners. Right. Um, yeah. just, I mean, huge, huge year, uh, for us. Um, we've, we've seen, you know, numbers, uh, increase and in some cases for episodes double you know which is awesome um and we just really appreciate it uh you know as as always of of just the uh, continued support from um the same people and then the new listeners have come on you know whether this is your first couple times hearing us or first time or you've been with us since 2018 you know just uh just thank you for your continued support um and all your kind messages on social media and uh and yeah and even the unkind messages <laughs> even the unkind messages sometimes but we don't get those yeah. too often but yeah i mean no we, we don't yeah they correct us tell us when it's wrong tell us what the equipment is cody right what they said do yes. you remember what what that was whoever the, the machine, the, uh, the, robert on twitter the man, he, he is great yeah yeah jugs machine jugs, jugs machine. machine there you go that's right so see, i mean we're always see. learning we're always learning in splits in yeah. splits in splits there you go blocking splits that's right so that's right. so yeah we we obviously don't know everything but um you know we're we're honored to be able to we don't know be, nothing. we don't know anything <laughs> but we're honored to be those fans and 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 uh and and we enjoy you listening to our uh, armchair quarterback <laughs> talk you know as always so um with that cody um happy thanksgiving to you and yours and uh, as always as hail well. southern Hail Southern. Thank you for listening to Gotta Talk. Be sure to visit our website, gotatalk.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Gotta Talk Podcast for more news and coverage of Georgia Southern football. Reach out with questions, share your thoughts, or suggest topics on our social media channels or by emailing us at gatatalkpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, Eagle Nation, gata and hail Southern. Southern.